This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. The nuns, the neighbours, mum and dad, all lining up, wagging their fingers. If I wasn't here anymore, what difference would it really make? They'd all be delighted. Boys? There's been an accident. An accident? Everybody would judge me in that one thing. Maybe I want to make that unforgettable. Oh, filmmakers, you're very welcome to another episode of F&I Rap Chat. Really fascinating talk today. We have Kieran Cray, the director of the new feature film, Anne. Um, it was featured at Diff. It's got an awful lot of coverage uh, in, in press here and abroad. It tells the story of Anne Lovett, who uh, was a 15-year-old in the 80s, who um, kind of famously was a landmark case where she... Uh, gave birth on her own um, to a baby and and they both passed away very unfortunately Um, and it was a a very big story at the time the imagery of it was kind of iconic happening in the in the grotto uh, in the midlands town you know very shortly after the um, eighth amendment was passed so it was a, a big story, maybe had faded into history a little bit, but um, the director, writer-director, Kieran Cray, has, has brought it back into the imagination, and I, I got to see it in the Lighthouse the other day, and you know, it was quite, quite busy, you know, on a very um, wet Monday <laughs> evening, and uh, it just brought a very disparate group of people together who were fascinated by story and wanted to see it you could see older people younger people and you know people you could see they were very visibly shook by the film it's it's incredibly powerful um want to give a shout out to Niall Flynn one of the producers on the film who helped set up this this interview um FNI news we will be down at the the Fastnet short film festival uh later in the month so if you're going to be over there uh check out um, we are fni.com there will be some events uh, and we will be knocking around so come say hello uh, so for now let's go to this conversation with Kieran Cray studio with Kieran Cray here. Thanks very much for coming in, Kieran. Yeah, good to be here now. How are you doing? Um, so I got to see Anne just the other day and uh, so I was so happy to see it in the cinema. Uh, you've been in for about two weeks, so I've really noticed that you're getting a lot of coverage about the film, which is amazing. What do you think it is about this story that holds such a fascination and 
why people have really kind of latched on to the the film as as part of the the story. I suppose when I started out, I never would have thought that we had would have had such a momentum to the film. Um, for me, I would have known the story when it happened originally, and then reconnected then in twenty eighteen. Um, and you know, when you when you read. Rosita Bolden wrote an article in the Irish Times and she focused on, on, on the day it happened. And when you read it, it just transported you back into that moment. And I suppose as a writer, even more so than the director, but as a writer, uh, I spend a lot of time in other people's heads um, and in other people's in other characters. So I immediately jumped into Anne's character, what it would be like. And it was just so shocking to me just thinking of a 15-year-old girl walking around all day in the town wondering what am I going to do? This baby's coming, what am I going to do? Where can I go? And it must have been, it, it's Im- inimaginable to actually re- understand what she felt. But, you d- but it, when you think about it, you do kind of go there. And it was that was such just a powerful, such a powerful draw. I just had to write it. And I think maybe that's why people want to see it because... I mean, generally, when you make a hard film, because it is a hard film, when you make a hard film or a difficult film to watch, it is difficult to get an audience. I mean, difficult to get an audience for any film, never mind a hard film. So this is kind of booking the trend slightly, like, you know, because we are getting the audience. And I think it's because the whole thing of Anne Lovett is in our psyche and it's something that's never been exercised. Because I've said previously, like, you know, uh, over the years, say, abortion or friend or different things that would come up her name would always be mentioned but it never really went any further than that I don't think we as a people have kind of kind of kind of let ourselves try and understand and, and come to terms with what happened to Anne and I think maybe this film is in some way a small catalyst that people are saying I want to see this and the way I want to have go through is to try and understand why to make sure that we as people move on and we learn from it yeah yeah i think there's so many of us who are still trying to figure out how we got to where we are it's kind of an interesting moment we we had Sinead o'shea who made pray okay, for our sinners course, i don't yeah. know if you got to see that not yet no unfortunately but soon yeah yeah it's funny that they're they're kind of bowed out at the same mm-hmm. time there uh, it could be a, a double bill <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. that'd be that'd be too much yeah, yeah. <laughs> just a bit <laughs> um but um yeah there is this kind of need and want to to kind of as you say exercise those demons mm. a little bit and just understand it mm. you know um so yeah i'm really excited to to get into the nuts and bolts of how you made this film it's really interesting mm. film and the the kind of the format that you took with it and how how it was shot and everything but first i'd love to just get a little bit of background to yourself the do you have a kind of a, a cinematic moment that you remember wanting to make films? Um, you know, you always hear these writers and directors on podcasts just like this going, oh yeah, and, and I had my, my Super 8 camera and, and we did all this for years and stuff. Uh, I never thought I had a cinematic moment, ever. Yeah. But then maybe thinking back, I did find one, is that my brother did buy a Super 8 camera uh, he worked in the Exchequer Hotel for as during the summer and I would have been about 12, 11, 12 
and uh, he made we made some Super 8 movies together, maybe now three or four, yeah. could be even two, yeah. uh, but we, we did make some which are lost for good, never to be found, uh, not that I wouldn't mind, but, uh, and um, so I mean, uh, you could maybe, maybe do something with DNA, but I have to say, uh, I had no real interest in cinema, um, I didn't read books, um, and in my mid-thirties I decided to, maybe I want to do, do something different, try a bit of acting, which I was useless at. Um, <laughs> but from that, I, I I I wrote a little sketch, which was part of the Dublin Fringe Festival, and then oh, this is this is interesting, and then I I went on to write plays. So I wrote a good number of plays, and three were performed: uh, Blaggers, Homefront, and uh, Last Call. Um, the first one actually did very well, and we ended up bringing it to the Fringe in New York, which was a fantastic experience. Wow. Yeah, and then kind of towards the late towards the l- the end of the noughties, um, I kind of really started developing, well, I think I'd really like to be involved in film. Um, I should have stayed in plays because it's so much easier. Uh, but anyway, we, we, we went for it and then I had my did my, f- my first screenplay, proper screenplay. I was lucky enough to get made and parked with Colin Meany. Uh, and that, I didn't direct that. So subsequent to that then, parked it well and you know, I. It wasn't enough anymore for me. Right. I wanted to direct. Right. Um, and probably the experience in part made me make made me want to direct. So. Yeah. Um, were you? Sometimes writers are on set, and sometimes they aren't. Were you? Were you there for the whole process? Or yeah, I was on set the whole time, not because they wanted me, <laughs> but I had no idea who did what, how a film was made. I really, I, I knew nothing. Yeah. So I just that's why I was there to see. I just stand there for hours, just watching and, yeah. and just seeing, trying to talk to people, saying, well, "Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that?" and trying to get a bit of an understanding of it. And then, said so after that, then I did a couple of short films. Was the best one was with the note with Aidan Gillen, um, which again that did that did very well for us. Like you know, we that that travelled the world, gone to great festivals all over the world, and now it didn't win a huge amount, but you know, it was kind of like you know, you as you go on in life, in film life, mm. you learn. And it was like 22 and a half minutes long. Yeah. And like 22 and a half minute films, no matter how good they are, mm. don't win. Yeah. Because the key the, is, is either the eight to nine minutes or the 15, 14, 15 minutes. Right. So you don't want a 22 and a half inch, 22 and a half minute, minute short yeah. film. Yeah. It just is too long. Okay. So, but I mean, all the festivals loved it. Yeah. So after that then, well, better try a feature. And then I wrote In View. I was writing that for a while. And then we we made In View um, 2015, 2016, came out 2016, 2017. Again, that got into like wars and National Film Festival and Talent Black Nights and got into great film festivals again and a good few in America. But again, it, it was quite a difficult film. It was about kind of suicide. And okay. Um, I mean, as a film, I, I mean, it got fantastic reviews. But, you know, it just wouldn't have got a huge audience. I mean, like we got a one cinema release. Right. Which I mean, it was still a release. Yeah, yeah. No matter how many once it's won. Yeah. And uh, but then I think it kind of it, it kind of it set me up as maybe this guy kind of has some bit of inkling of what to do. Mm. Um. So then obviously there's been a big gap between 2016 to 2023, like you know, so it's like That's seven the biggest years. Biggest I've see ever uh, seen, but uh, yeah, but it can feel it probably yeah, feels longer. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I s- I've spent a lot. I've like I've about 12 features ready to go. 
right. um, either the American market, the Irish market, the European market. There's another feature that's going to be shot this year. Now, I'm not directing it, but it's a co-production, Canadian-Irish co-production. Uh, so that's kind of a, a large budget um, with A-listers. Uh, and so it was meant to go last year. It's 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 it's, it's meant to go May this 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 month, but I'd say it'll be not pushed another few months. But it's really only just I think they've, they've three cast and it's the last cast. So it's fr- I mean now it's extremely difficult to get cast, yeah. especially if you're going for the higher casting, because it's a bigger budget and there's yeah. bigger companies involved. They have final say, including like the final say in who's cast, so they have to approve. Okay. So this gets more and more complicated. Right. Um, and d- when you say bigger companies, are you talking about their management or the... Yeah, yeah. and like, I mean, there's like there's an LA sales agent attached. Right. Okay. So, I mean, he wants final say. He's putting money in. I'm having final say in cast. Okay. Like, you know, and that's, y- there's just no choice. Right. And like, you know, it's funny now. It's funny when you compare this to say to Anne. Yeah. So when I wrote Anne, I, I, I read it. Uh, I just had to do it. Yeah. I wrote a treatment very quickly. Um, and I script very quickly. I mean, I wrote a treatment, treatment, I'd say, in three, four days, which I was really 100% happy with, and I wrote the script, and I rewrote it about three or four times. That's all I wrote, rewrote it. Right. You compare it to The Sort of Cry From the Sea, I've probably written that about 60 times. Really? Like, you know, and... And big change, like, has it changed it's got, it's got to the stage where we've actually... I hate to say it's we're back to nearly where I started off. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. But what happens is when more companies get involved and like, you know, because it is a cross the world production, so as more and more get involved, they they all have their own opinion and we do this and do that. And But actually, I, I mean, just recently, I, I, something I really liked in the script that was a lot taken out midway through this whole process that I wrote initially is now back. And I'm delighted. But I mean, that's the swears with Anne. I mean, like, you know, this is the thing between a a big budget film and a a lower budget yourself doing, um, I have final say. And and what I want to do, I get to do. And obviously, I'm not not saying I'm an arsehole. Um, um, I mean, I've got a lot of good people around me and they all help me a lot. And um, we work very much as a team. Um, But... You know, um, uh, you still you can do what you want to do, and you can you can make those decisions. Like for example, with Anne, um, there's two scenes in the grotto. If you haven't seen it, I won't go too much into it. Um, but there's two scenes in the grotto, and there is a thought to say, well, do we need both? Uh, and when you see it, you'll understand. And I mean, like, because I always found the first scene extremely strong it's so strong and Zara's performance Zara Devon's there who played Anne is so strong in that scene it's it's, it's mind blowing yeah and then you got the second scene which again she plays fantastically but it's it's obviously more um, graphic Mm. Um, and and you know because I'm saying like I'd say if you had more people involved in this they'd say no Karen let's just take that out but I said at the end of the day, I said no, because what happened was she went to Grotto when she had a child, and we should see that. Yeah. And like you know, and I think we'd be cheating her if we if we hadn't. Where if you if you had a bigger production involved, there could have been a lot of pressure brought to bear. One's enough. Don't put the second in. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. when you have you get that freedom when as yeah. an independent filmmaker. Yeah. 
you can stand over everything that's in the film. Like. Well, I mean, I, whether good or bad, yeah, it's, it's me. Like, you know, I'm, 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 I'm happy to stand over. Yeah. So I think once you're happy with yourself, do you know what more can you do? Yeah, yeah. Um, and just on in view, um, did you was that like micro budget or how did you put that film together? That was about 120 grand. Okay. Um, so again, micro, you could call them micro. Yeah, yeah. Um, but again, uh, I mean, I mean, we did really well with that because that was a four week shoot, right? Like, you know, which is which is a long shoot with a good crew, yeah. good sized cast, and we used the red one and that, and just decent lenses. And some we got some anamorphic lenses from the UK for that one, like, mm. you know, so it had a really nice look to it. Mm. Um, so I mean, it was it's amazing what we achieved for that price, mm. like, you know, because Anne was uh 12 days which is actually two six-day weeks. So that means we only had to hire the camera for two weeks, the lens for two weeks, so really cut down on costs and yeah. obviously wages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so you have a script and you're you're happy with it. You said you did three or four da- drafts. What happens next? How did you go about putting it together and pulling the, the f- budget together? Okay. Well, basically, I suppose from day one, I knew deep down what are the chances of getting this film funded? So, I mean, like, you know, you have to be realistic in this business. I mean, I can go off and write you know, a horror film. And, like, you get a budget for a horror film, you get it made, and you'll get it sold. I mean, you'll get bums and seats for a horror film, like, you know. Cause but this isn't a horror film. This is, this is, this is, this is drama. This, this, obviously, this is real film. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you have the script done very quickly. Uh, and then uh, what I did was I, I sent it into RTE, and RTE came on board straight away. So, so they pre-bought it. It almost never happens. So. Yeah, yeah, off the script. I mean, like, you know, actually, in fact, uh, I qualified it off the treatment because the person concerned, I was in him in the morning time, he read the treatment, he, he, he took it off me and he says, send me the script as well, he says. And he rang me or texted me just after lunch. Yeah, I, I read the treatment over lunch. And you know, when somebody says that to you, you know, you know, you're, and he says, yeah, yeah, send me the script as soon as you can. And then he came back and says, "Yeah, yeah, we're in." And so it was as simple as that. And and all the way through the process, they've stuck by my side, RTE. And I mean, I can't. uh, I mean, without them, this wouldn't have been made. I'm without a shadow of a doubt. So then we had. Then that was a fantastic start to have. We sent off the script to a sales agent, who who again off the script came on board, Media Luna in Germany. They're a good sized boutique sales agent, like you know. Yeah. Um, they go. They've presence at all the major festivals, Cannes, Berlin, the whole like you know. So and they've, um, so they're they're, they're a good, good company. And um, so, I mean, uh, it's a fantastic start. You got the sales agents, you got RTE on board. You got the first bit of the budget. I mean, you know, we're rocking and rolling here. And and that included RTE giving us a letter to apply for the BAI. Yeah. Because obviously you can apply for the broadcast authority v- screen. So send the vision scheme. You can apply on your own without a letter from RTE or any broadcaster. Uh, or y- they say it's better if you have one. That's why we had one. Like, you know, so we were, I mean, like, we're, we're on the pigs back here. Yeah. So anyway, so uh, time passes and we were turned down twice by the BAI and we were turned down twice by Screen Ireland. Um, with Screen Ireland, like, you know, th- we didn't, they wanted, th- they wanted to change the script, I suppose, um, between the first draft and the second draft. I wasn't willing. Because from day one, this film was for about and for Anne. And I couldn't shift that from my focus. Right. So, uh, is it my loss? 
I, I don't know. I mean, like, you know, I can't let me get a 1.2 million budget. I mean, happy days. You'd be so happy. You could do everything the way you want to do it and yeah. do all those VFX fixes you got to do and stuff. But I mean, like, that doesn't happen with this. So, like, the BI, I mean, yeah, they twice. I mean, but there's a lot of demand for funding in this film, in this country. And I wouldn't, I'm not saying I'm blackball or whatever. I just think it's there's a, there's a, there's, there's a huge amount of people looking for money. And yeah. it's a small amount of money. And, 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 you have to take the boxes in their eyes, not in your eyes. Mm. Um, and, yeah. and perhaps it wasn't taking it in, obviously it wasn't taking it in their eyes. Right. So, well, we, you, you kind of make the decision, of what are you going to do? And I said, well, let's just make it. And my partner in the company is based in Chicago, so he fundraised in America. So we raised a good bit of, good bit of dough in America. And I think it's, it's like everyone else, you know, it's easier to get money out of the Americans than the Irish. Yeah. I mean, they're more willing to, like they were throwing in five grand at a time, like, you know, and, and, and happy to. Right. Like, you know, and uh, I just don't think you get that here. Yeah. And we're not talking about, like, we're not talking about from millionaires or billionaires. I mean, this is just folk. Right. And um, so we, we raised the budget and then we said, let's just do this. And then, like, it was like, it was really tough. I mean, I can't... I mean, anyone's made a film, even with one point too many budget, it's still really tough. But it's just so tough, it's so hard. And, like, you know, so many times you need to give up the ghost. But then you have to have one thing that drives you on. And what drove me on was Anne. Right. And, um, so she was your, your lodestar. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, and, and I just, just had to do this. Yeah. You know, I just, I, I've said it a lot of times, but I, it's true. I just had to do it. Mm. And uh, so then we... Was coming. We were gonna we were gonna shoot it in March 2021, and cold was pretty bad in March, yeah. so we pushed it by by um, uh, three months, and we started shoot starting in June 2021, which is fantastic because I always had in my mind that I wanted Eileen Walsh for the mother, right? Because she's an amazing actress, like yeah. you know, she's yeah. so good. I always remember Pure Mule, the classic stuff. I mean, it's just. To die for, like, you know, and... Uh, She's very unique. Oh, she what is. What she can do on yeah, screen, yeah. yeah. So I, I I, asked for her, and she wasn't available in March. And they were looking around, and then, then I went back and said, actually, we're doing it now in June. And she was coming over to do something with Druid in July. Yeah. So we got her for a week. Wow. We had her for the full six days. Yeah. And we got her for the week, so happy days. And uh, so it was great to have her. Like, you know, and then with, with Zara, we... For casting Zara, we um, I just went to all the casting agents in Ireland, and I ended up getting about thirty-five self tapes, mm -hmm. and then I met seven, and then we cast Zara from the seven. And two of the others that didn't make it are I offered them; they came in the film as well, like you know, right. so which which is which I mean, like it's nice because I mean it's I mean it's tough being an actor, yeah, and it's tough going through all this process and like you know, and then not to get it, like you know, and. And it, it doesn't mean you're not any good. It just means the face maybe didn't fit or some small, the smallest little thing yeah. could just put you off, like, you know, so. Yeah. And you said you did a little bit of acting. Do you have kind of a, a philosophy or a style of directing actors? Uh, yeah. I mean, like, you know, I mean, work with good actors. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I mean, it's like, I, can't, oh, oh, I can paraphrase to an extent uh, Alfred Hitchcock's what he said. An actor came over and asked him, was you happy with that what you want? He says, when I'm directing, you're acting, I'm paid you, paying for you to be an actor. Act. And uh, I wasn't not as harsh as that, but I mean, I like to keep the camera close and steady 
like, you know, uh, I want the actor to do what they do best because if you've, I think it's easier, I think it's easier as a director if you're writing too because you're very comfortable with the material and you don't feel you have to own it or change it to own it. Because mm. I wrote it, I own it anyway. So I don't need to be, kind of, I know a lot of directors can be like that. I say, if I wrote a script and the director's doing it or whatever, like, you know, you can see they, they want to try and make it their own. Like, you know, where I don't have that issue. Um, or any my director wouldn't have that issue. So it just makes it easier. So I can just let the actors just say, do what they do best and this is what I want. And, and like, it's, it, most of the times we're doing a few takes, like, you know, it's, it's, it, you're going back for more, um, picture reasons than actually things they might do. Now there are certain things that well actually I just need you to do something like this. But it'd be pretty rare that I would go and say, I need you to bend down, pick up that pen and stick it in your ear or something. I mean yeah. I mean that yeah. I mean like and like when you're working with actors like Zara and Eileen and stuff and even Beatty and all the other guys, like you know they've read it, they understand it. If they have any questions they'll ask you. Um and I think it's your job as a director trying to give them the safety and the space to do what they do best and to pull together the whole crew so they support the actors because I suppose on screen there's three things on screen there's a picture there's sound and it's the actor that's all there is I mean it's as simple as that and I mean you got the picture right you got the sound right gotta get the actors to do it right because if, if if a picture looks beautiful and the actor's not acting's not great you'll still kind of enjoy it mm. Well, the acting's great. Even the pitch not not hundred percent. You'll make an allowance for the sound or allowance for the picture, but not for the actor. No. We've, we've all seen. We've all. I mean, like I'm involved in film. I presume looks at a lot of films, and you've seen those actors. Yeah. And just, oh. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so it has a very distinctive shooting style. A lot of long takes, steady cam. So, mm. take us through how you kind of got there with the with planning this film. Okay. Uh, let's start from the, f- the first point. We had no steady cam. Okay. okay. It was on the DP, the, uh, Dave Grennan, on his shoulder for the 12 days. Oh, wow. I think we could have been on sticks twice, maybe. Uh, but he generally had it on his sh- shoulder the whole time. Wow. So uh, he, he had to be pretty fit. Yeah. <laughs> but so basically, I suppose, uh, when I wrote it, the very first draft, I had a little note, director's note at the start of the, of the, of the actual treatment, never mind even the script, mm. that I wanted to... Uh, uh, follow the main character and then we meet a, a secondary character the camera to go to them and to move from them to whoever they meet and then come back to the main character on and to have this flow with the camera the whole time um, so I had a, kind of, it was a bit of when I wrote the script it was kind of like it was kind of uh, let's say point of view over the shoulder and this kind of switch around to go yeah. from character to character um, so I was when DP Dave came on board we kind of had to fix that up so what I did was I actually drew uh, a rather big table here, folks. And uh, so I drew a map the size of a big table, like your your dining room table, and of of the of boil wow. of all the streets, all the points, so I could work out the whole flow. So I wanted this two, wanted the two flows in the film. There was like an inner an inner flow where uh, where Anne could hide around the town, and then the outer flow, which is the town, the parents, and everything that's going on in the town. And to try and get those two to work, so to get all the to get it all together. So we, I think I started off with maybe I think it was two hundred and fifty setups. Okay. Okay. And down the script, and then I reduced that down to eighty-one. 
So I went from from the two fifty to eighty one, and then so when we actually shot the film, we only sh we actually shot eighty seven. Okay. But there's only just seventy one setups from the film. Seventy one setups in the film, so it's 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 not a lot. And he was we and there was could have been I don't know for example I think it could have been maybe sixty scenes or seventy scenes, and we reduced them down to I think nineteen scenes. Okay. So I just I just kept joining scenes and joining right. scenes and and yeah. joining camera angles whatever like you know so yeah. so basically when we shot it we draw long takes, um the edit. We either cut off the start of the of the scene or cut off the end, but yeah. we had no coverage. Yeah. There was no coverage for this film. It was just the scene, the long scenes, which you got. So, so when so when I sat down with Dave, we just worked through it all out and what we wanted and what we wanted to, to achieve and this flow. So we kind of made it a bit more simple. So either we were leading or following the camera, and so. Um, obviously, go and see the film. You can find the mistakes. Um, <laughs> but for the majority of the start of 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 the, of the say the first I don't know was it about at least probably an hour, hour of the film. We we were we were good. Uh, so literally the camera would be behind. It switches to the front, then it switches behind, and it, it always went from back to front, back to front the whole way through. And that was the full intention of the film. So you'd always go from behind the person point of point behind the person to the point of view. Back to forward, back to forwards, and uh, so say for example, we wanted to switch the camera, so we could have we could have kind of over Zara's uh, uh, shoulder, and we'd see another character, and then the camera pops over to them, and then they have the camera, and they go off with the camera. So the camera was always either close behind or close in front, so it was all handheld, and just walking, 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 front or behind, front or behind. So you really, you really got a full sense of the characters, what they were, what was going through their minds. And so that's, that's the, the beauty of having good actors, that they can say a lot by saying nothing. For the first 12 minutes of the film, there's no dialogue. Um, like, you know, and, and, that's, and that's where I think it's really strong. Like, you know, when you'll see just watching it, and you just, you just, I think when you're that close and there's nothing being said, and there's stuff going on around, it just pulls you in. Yeah. It pulls you into the character and what they're feeling, which when you have, like, say, superhero movies where like you know it's just cut 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 the, the camera is like directing the film where the camera definitely was not directing this film the camera was letting it letting the sit and let the actors do what to do they were directing the film yeah a, a massive character in the film really is mm. the town and it it like when you're watching it you're going wow <laughs> it was, it was my director head was thinking mm. you know how did they map all this out in the blocking? But mm. really impressively done. Did you spend a lot of time looking for the right town? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I knew Boyle very well. Yeah. My mother was from Sligo, so okay. I would have spent a lot of my youth in my granny actually was, was for a couple of years in the nursing home of Boyle. So we come down the train in Dublin. The yeah. old dubs coming down, yeah. and she'd go spend the day with her mother, and then we'd spend the day in the town. So I knew Boyle backwards, right? And and I knew. There's numerous streets in Boyle which are very much preserved. The kind of it was a tax thing, like during the, the noughties, like you know, and, and a lot of the, the border counties got these tax relief, and they were really blew up, like Leitrim towns and yeah. Leitrim, Sligo, and all yeah. sorts of places. Yeah. But Roscommon missed out on this, right. so to its benefit now, because these these streets there and shop fronts were like from the sixties and seventies, and they're wonderful. Yeah. And I mean, like you know, somebody just said, "Oh, so tell us about your production design." Well, <laughs> that's spoiled. <laughs> I mean, like you know, yeah. it does. That's what it is. Like yeah. you know, and and um, uh, uh, so we're just so lucky. Yeah. Like you know, because Boyle is is 
really a character, you say a character in this film because it's just beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it really is beautiful, like, yeah. you know, and, and like and the people of oil were just amazing. Like, and it's like, you know, for all filmmakers listening to this, I mean, don't make films in Dublin. Oh, it's just so painful, <laughs> you know, um, where down the country, they welcome you with open arms. And yeah. it, the first question out of the mouth is not how much. Mm. It, absolutely. I mean, everybody was so helpful to us, like the, the whole town, the guards, the, the Roscommon County Council, the film office, everybody there, they did so much for mm. us. Can you do this? Yeah, no problem. Can you do this? Yeah, no problem. Like they gave us, there's a, there's a, there's a house there in Boyle called King House. It's a very famous it's a museum now. And they gave us the full run of it. Yeah. And like we, we used it as a school, we used it as a hospital, we used it as a unit base and costume, makeup, food, the production office, everyone was there. Yeah. I mean, and that's the sort of help I suppose that, that alone, what would that cost on, a, on, a, on an normal film? It costs you a few quid now. Yeah. Like, you know, so, um, so they say this film is 200 grand, like, you know, but actually if you add it up, what you got for free and reduced prices, yeah. it's probably, it's probably 800,000. Yeah. You know, if you actually added it up. But yeah. Um, yeah, you can kind of tell that and yeah, it's, it's something that's come up a bit mm. when you're in towns that are off the beaten track mm. or, you know, they're not uh, jaded. No. And they're they're excited and they want to yeah. see their town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're 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 like you know, I mean we're all just ordinary folk here, like you know. But you're like a superhero kind of coming around yeah. the town. Like it's pretty yeah, cool, yeah. like you know. Yeah. So. And tell me about the editing process. Uh, yeah, I'm lucky enough that I've edited the last few bits and pieces with Tony Cranston, who's probably one of the best editors in this in this country. Yeah, if not further afield. And um, I've got a very good relationship with Tony and. Um, the editing again. Editing was 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 super hard because it was so simple, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know, and because you know, if we I said we've seventy one setups in the film, so we've yeah. seventy one pieces of tape, right? And it's where are we going to join them? Yeah, you know, and when we assembled them, it was two hours twenty minutes, and it's now one hour forty. So we cut forty minutes out of it, which is a pretty fair achievement from. We're having no coverage and just yeah. 71 takes. Right. So we, we did quite well in that. I mean, we only had one real issue because, I mean, there is, there's there's one bit that isn't in the film that I really regret isn't, that didn't make it in. And there was, this, there was a scene where there's Ricky, the character Ricky, and, you know, he's only in the film twice. You know, he should at least have a character at least three times in the film. <laughs> you know, this, this rule of tree. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but he was meant to be a tree and he shot the tree, the, the tree three times um, but one that didn't work and we worked so hard to try and get that in so that having to, to and what actually happened was we lost about three hours one day for whatever reason and that we were in this we were in such a tight t such a tight shoot and time wise it just we had to, I had to end up I had to amalgamate a number of bits of scenes into one to try and get it done or not get it done yeah. and I, I'd say we spent an inordinate amount of time in the edit trying to get that in, and we failed. And and well, it was kind of as a key. It was a key scene as well because the line was I should know my own lines, but I don't. Uh, I was paraphrasing. It was something like uh, Ricky says to his friends, like you know, um, uh, I, I didn't even know I heard it from some fellas I was passing in the street. And it was just kind of it was kind of an important line, which is now not in the film, and it's I think it's slightly. 
one slight regret that I would have right. that it's not in it. Yeah. Um, but that's filmmaking, you know what I mean? You, we could have put left it in there we had it. But you know what? You know, it, yeah. you know, you'd regret it. Yeah. And and it was it was wrong to do. There was I when I wrote the note, the note is on YouTube. Everybody go watch the note, okay? Uh, and you'll see towards the end the little boys in the shop and Aidan Gillen's in the shop. Yeah. And he, he went his last line the boys' line is uh, um paraphrasing again that, um uh, I heard my dad was great at basketball because Aidan Gillen's his dad, but he doesn't know he's the father. And and at the time we were editing it, it just wasn't the line wasn't working, it wasn't working. We yeah. got the young fell in again and we redid the line and yeah. ADR and stuff like that and, and we left it in. And now I look back and I say, it didn't need the line. But so that's what you learn and that's what why you do shorts to try and when you move up. And that's the case with this. As much as I wanted it in, yeah. because it wasn't working 100%, take it out. Right. You have to take it out. And then we then, so then that's when we kind of, we, we dropped one or two of the fronts and backs because of, because obviously we had no coverage again. So we had to try and navigate it to work. So, yeah. But I mean, overall, that was the really hardest bit of the, the edit. Obviously, the assembly was easy. It's just slotting together, right? <laughs> like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, literally, yeah, and then yeah, it's just yeah. pick a point in time. Yeah, um, and the score then is amazing. Mm. There's some really powerful moments. Mm. Um, again, was that kind of a a thing of just letting the composer mm. just feel feel the emotions of each scene? And yeah, I mean, again, I mean, it's just like an actor, or DP, or editor. I mean, like you know, good people. And uh, Roger Taylor's the name, uh, not the Roger Taylor, yeah. um, but a Roger Taylor, and Roger's brilliant, and he, he has uh, lives in Wicklow, he has his own studio, and um, he's just so talented, and he's a mu- he's a he was a work he still is a musician like for decades, like you know, so he just has that, I suppose that experience, and and I, I would never ever say to anyone, say the composer, I'd say this is what I want, I would never say that, yeah, because. I prefer to react than to direct in a way because, you know, Dalis might come up with something that I wouldn't think of. Yeah. And I mean, you'd be foolish not to, because I mean, if you're working with people and they're good people, why would you hold them back? Yeah. It makes no sense because it's going to benefit you. So I mean, y- when something comes up and it wasn't working, then you can say it for you. Yeah. Like, you know, but he, he Roger was great. He could, he had the film, he could see it, he could see the emotion. And I mean, we want, like, say, for example, the decisions we took, like, say, at the start, we decided not to have any music at the start until the scene where we first focus in Nan's face, which is probably like three or four minutes into it, five minutes into it. So we even the credits to start, there's no music. It's just empty. And then we just when the camera focuses into Anne's face and that's when the music starts. And I mean, like it's those sort of decisions. But when, as I said, like Rogers is the terrific. Yeah. I mean, like you know, go work with Roger. Okay. Yeah, uh, he's so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good name. I'll make a note. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, was there was there any kind of lesson that you learned through the process of this film that if you could have gone back and told yourself before, is there mm. anything that you'd wish you'd maybe known a bit sooner or learned a bit sooner? Um. I I knew what I wanted. Yeah. You know, so I mean, and and I think I got it. Well, in yeah. my mind, for I consider, for I consider I got it. Right. Like you know, so I'm satisfied. Even if other people say this, or whatever, I don't. Uh, for me, I did what I d- I could do best, and I, I got the best that I could. Um. So, and I could learn. I suppose, 
I mean, I I'm I'm very hands on, so um, I I I'd, I'd like more time to 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 work in the directing, like you know, because I was doing producing as well, like you know, so I was I was in the middle of that. It's only really when I got the boil three day four days before I started before we started shooting was when I really went into prep. So it was like I was in prep for four days. <laughs> you know, so yeah. it's not a lot. Yeah. Now, I'd, I'd obviously, I'd done all my shot lists and yeah. I'd, 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 I'd over the previous months, like, you know. Yeah. But I mean, and so I think just less producing and it's more of the writing, directing, like, you know, because producing is a killer. Yeah. It takes so much time and yeah. so much effort and you're just trying to get, especially when you're, it's different saying you got a big budget. Yeah. But when you got a small budget, I mean, like, you know, you're, you got to talk to people to get these favors. I mean, like, you know, you just can't just, oh, yeah, there's the money, I'm gone. Yeah. I don't have time to talk to you. Yeah. Like, you know, and it's just, it's like very, very long days. And anyone who makes films, they, they know all this. I don't need to tell them. <laughs> like, you know, we're all used to it. But I just like have to have more, like, you know. But I mean, I can't say I really need, didn't really learn, I didn't really need, I suppose. But the one thing I would do, I would say is, um, and I did try at the start, but it didn't work out. Uh, I would, I, 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 love, I like European cinema. And um, I suppose one of the films that inspired this is uh, Laszlo Nemes' uh, Son of Saul. Okay, which is I know it is. It's they won the Oscar in twenty fifteen for an Oscar, and it was like thirty six hours in a concentration camp, yeah. um, and very much following one, the car Stunner Stunner Commando, I think that's what they called it, yeah. um, which is kind of a, a, a Jewish guard, um, in, in the concentration camp, and what he had. When I remember I looked and obviously like you know, we all listened to other podcasts and whatever and yeah. he, he he got a director in just to direct the background. And I think the background's really important. Yeah. And I did try to get somebody and I couldn't get them in the end, like you know, so so I uh, definitely the one thing I'd do next time is I will have a director background where I mean I'm not I'm not talking about your second A D no. comes in and grabs Joe right. Blogs and whatever and say, yeah. I, I want an actual director who understands directing, understands filming to actually direct the background and when you see say son of saul you can see he had he brought his friend in as the as the director for the background and yeah. you can see the difference that it makes do you know it, it is a big difference yeah and and that's one thing i definitely I'd, I'd hope to do for this one and again budgets yeah. i mean like you know and, and um and i even like for example there is there is the <laughs> it's very funny all the things you can catch out in film if there is one extra in the film who's talking to somebody and then talking to them two minutes later and same extra. And like, you know, and you know, you just, yeah, uh, yeah. these things happen, yeah. you know, but that's the one thing I, w I, w I would try and learn. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Fascinating. Um, and so, yeah, what's, what's next for you, say for the film and then for you? Yeah. Um, well, obviously we're in cinemas and we just got extended for a third week. Just heard uh, uh, this week. So that's great. I'm delighted. Like, you know, so we're in Dublin and, down the west of Ireland, and like we've got the, the eleven cinemas, so I mean it's all it's doing quite well. And we have to get a new one just came on board in um, Tipperary, yeah. uh, the excellent Tipperary, Tipperary town, and so and we just got another film festival there. Can't say what it is yet, but uh, yeah. we got another film festival, and then just try and push it out. I'd like to get it out into other countries um, because it is a very universal story, like you know, and from from being around, like reading a lot of good few film festivals abroad, like with it. And like the audiences get it, like you know, so uh, and just push it down and see how far you how far you can get with it. I mean, and give it as much of the life as you can, like you know. But it's it's generated a huge amount of publicity, like you know. So it's uh, so it's been great, like you know. And then otherwise, 
there's a film I wrote up for directing now and that's going to be shot this year Canadian Irish co-production in Mayo and Donegal um, and then I've got another 12 projects I've there's a couple now I've been working on I've kind of I've probably there's a prison one mm -hmm. that I'd like to do and there's also another one based in Dublin uh, and I have a couple set in America and a couple in Europe so you know as a filmmaker you have to have a lot of projects in the air for a couple to hit and if you've only got one get more because um, I mean I've had lots of projects that I've had to just wave bye bye like you know and they just didn't work out and you just need to to have that and have that sort of in your arsenal like you know that you can lose one or two or three but you still have these other ones that can I never know who you're going to meet if you meet Steven Spielberg and he says I want a war film pull it out of your back pocket you're going to make it do you know so yeah yeah um, well, it's been brilliant chatting to you, Kieran. I learned an awful lot <laughs> in the half an hour there. Um, and just want to say congratulations on, on such a powerful film. I, I'll be thinking about it mm. for a while. So uh, massive congratulations and best of luck with everything. Thanks. Listen, thanks very much now.